Hello, welcome to the Small Game. I'm your host, Rob. This is the Aging Mass Stat Center. Today, we're going to be looking at a load of different events. In fact, it's our busiest weekend for the new GHB so far. 379 players playing across six countries, which is really exciting. We're still too early into the meta and into the game to produce enough stats or stats that I would feel confident enough to talk about as representing the game. Um, but there's some probably some big takeaways, things like one drops being really good because the GH, so the battle plans work really well for that. Uh, but we're going to go through all these lists now and talk about them. There's some big surprises. We've got a Nighthaunt list going 5-0. Cruel Boys are doing really well. Sob like Gravelord's doing well, of course. OCR Bone Reaper's doing well. Uh, and Seraphon doing well as well. So lots to talk about. We've got events from uh, Czech, uh, USA, England, Norway, Sweden, and Spain, which is super fun. Uh, so if you hope you enjoy the show. Shout out to Rob and Ziggy, as always, for helping me do the stats. Uh, and I hope you enjoy what we do. The first event we're going to look at is the Champion of the Black Oil 3. Hot off the... Heels of Champion of the Black Oil 2, organized by Jakob Obroslek, and it was being held in the Czech Republic, which is fun. We had 22 different players playing, and we had no 5-0s, and we had a range of 4-1s. Lucas Plagnet running his Sylvaneth Nalrut, Pavel with his Cruel Boys, Ivo with his Seraphon, Rene with his Osiarch Bone Reapers. Okay, so let's talk about the list a little bit because there's some fun stuff in there. Sylvaneth list in Naru is fun. Tree Lord Ancient, Dreitcher, Spirit of Durthu, Warsong Revenant, and Celestine Prime. Two units of minimum battle line, Tree Revs, and then the Spice Swarm Hive in the list as well. Spice Swarm Hive, super useful in this army, obviously, because it, added, it adds pluses to charge. And that's going to work really well with the new hashtag Primal Dice, uh, which means you're more likely to be able to get the casting value on the spice swarm hive and get it off but we're also in a world where your opponent can use those primal dice to try and shut down your spells as well which is a problem of course uh the other there's also unit dryads i should mention the other thing to talk about is the hoarfrost spell that's in here as well now this list isn't too dissimilar to lists that we saw in the old ghb mainly because it does lots of aoe damage at range the warsong revenants able to cast a spell through trees at range and do aoe mortal wounds and the celestine prime can pick a point on the board and do aoe mortal wounds at range as well this means it overrides the new battle scroll update to look out sir where characters can't be targeted outside of 12 inches uh if they're on foot if they are mounted and, and they're under nine wounds um however if they are mounted and still under the nine wound cap or nine wounds or less uh then minus one to hit so a lot of those support characters that we know and love war chanters uh you know uh you name them like grot shamans etc are untargetable outside of 12 inches so this means that you effectively get to skip that and still keep applying that damage other than that the list will just work the same the thing i really like is dreitcher being able to put hoarfrost on one of her melee weapons uh to give her a lot of rend feels fun uh there we go also a lot of 12 inch jokes <laughs> okay uh the cruel boys list really fun in grinning blades uh in grinning blades so again can't be seen outside of 12 inches um but that's the whole army this time now a lot of people a lot of people in love with gobsprack the the mouth of gork the mouth of the god of destruction uh there's a killer boss on great nash tooth two swamp caller shamans and then two snatcher boss on Sludrakers. Snatcher boss and Sludrakers do some incredible melee damage um, and they also buff the units around them. Uh, so they're legitimate and very fast threats uh, to watch out for. Gut Rippers on the front line, Hobgrot Slitters for a screen, and some Manscure Bolt Boys, which are still criminally cheap uh, in this list. Uh, they've really benefited from becoming so cheap. 
Uh, well, I mean, they were always very cheap. They're, they're very, very cheap, but they're just incredibly unsurvivable. They are the glass cannon of this game. Uh, so Godfrey for shutting down enemy casting and doing a lot of mortal wound damage to the enemy. And then the list works the same as, of, as it previously did anyway. It's quite interesting um, seeing uh, Cruel Boys in the meta. Uh, I don't think that they will maintain in the meta because they have all of the weaknesses that they did previously. You have a lot of online commentators, obviously, um, making all sorts of nonsense statements to try and uh, fill you with self-confidence. But the 30% the win rate, uh, that's well, 40% win rate that they've had uh, for going on nearly three years now really should uh, be the cold, icy shower uh, on your hopes and dreams. Uh, Seraphon, Starborn, Fangs of Sotek. This should be um, uh, FAQ'd or, in my opinion, soft banned for a while. Uh, also went 4-1. Uh, Ashroth, uh, Banabera, Skink Starseer, Slan Starmaster, and a Croak. Um, chat, um, sorry, YouTube commentators especially. A lot of you got really salty last week uh, when I talked about this. I've been uh, talking about Age of Sigmar stats and reviewing lists for uh, six years now. Um, I've played when army lists have had a 70% uh, win rate. The reason I call for a soft ban on this until it gets FAQ'd is because it just isn't cool, dude. Doing 30 to 50 mortal wounds in a magic phase just isn't cool, and that's what it does. Uh, and also, this list, uh, you weren't here for it, but while I was reading this out on stream, I read this list out before I looked at this list. I already knew what this list is. When the command trait is just so universal that you see here, the artifact is so universal here, and the loadout is so identical, uh, it's really sad, and you're not really helping with list diversity. Uh, you got Geminids, also incredible for shutting down OBR. Probably uh, OBR being an issue right now is no longer an issue because of this 50-point spell. Uh, so Geminids is the winner, and Suffocating Gravetide uh, for taking out uh, Hordes. I just spoke about this. I did an Endless Spell tier show. It's up on YouTube if you want to go check it out. Um, these are the two correct uh, loadout. These are two correct spells to take in the game right now. Your other spell is a little bit. Uh, of a question could be could be maelstrom that seems like it's sensible but gemini's of Orgish is great into any army but it defeats obr in, immediately uh and suffocating gravetide um will stop uh, any kind of zombie horde spam uh because it just does it can do each different unit and then somehow <laughs> this list can fit gotrek in which is amazing gotrek also got a bonus in this ghb because you can now not target him outside of 12 inches because he counts uh, as being on foot and below nine wounds therefore uh, you can't shoot him at range which is one of the few ways to deal with him um unless you can do a ton of different damage uh so there we go uh there and then finally our ocr bone reapers list is no myriad good thing to point out for everyone at home um is no myriad uh <laughs> Null Myriad um, are a 2 plus spell ignore for an army, but Catacross doesn't have the Null Myriad keyword. Uh, and so you cannot get a spell ignore on Catacross in Null Myriad. So please don't play it that way. Uh, otherwise, you're doing it wrong. Double Bone Shaper for two heals. Three heals if you include Catacross. Again, YouTube commentators like to point out uh, that it does require a 3 plus to return any of the Immortus Guard. I have said this on multiple different shows. But again, if you need me to be clear, uh, they, can, they can heal up to four different Immortus Guard in a hero phase, but it does require uh, it does require four three-ups to be rolled and an additional three-up to roll one of the other three-ups, which math-wise makes it a five-up. So while it can, it most likely will only do one or two. That doesn't obviously also include rallies. Immortus Guard are five wounds each, so you could put 20 wounds back into a unit. You're more likely to put 10, but within a if you do a rally first, you can put quite a few back in, which is nice. Um, and then we've got Kavalos Death Riders, um, and then we've got 10 more tech guard and a soul sealer carry on now one of the things to really mention here is when you don't have arcan 
you end up, ladies and gentlemen, just with loads more units in your list. Uh, but Arkan's really great, 370 points, as pointed out by Leo. Um, really, really good. Uh, I like him, but I think you just you end up resource lighter, so you've got to be a little bit smarter about your play. In this situation, you're resource heavier, which is a bonus as well. Uh, so yeah, uh, good. That's our first event. Now we're going to go look at our biggest event of the week. The next event we're going to look at is an amazing event. I was there last year, and it's super fun. It's the Basement Wargamers event, Summer Slaughter. Uh, and it's organized, Sean Feather organizes it. And it's over in PA, Stowe, PA, in fact, if you ever want to get yourself over to Stowe, uh, which is a pretty nice uh, little area uh, in Pennsylvania. And uh, it was our largest event over the weekend. In fact, there was uh, this was in the USA. Uh, there was 113 players playing. Uh, and combined with our other two USA events, Midwest Meltdown and the FLG Outlaw GT, over 200 players playing Age of Sigmar in the USA this weekend alone at two-day events. So that doesn't include one-dayers and anything else that ended up just not getting recorded in those local events. Uh, Basement Wargamers got a really great little logo there, which you'd love to see. And another thing that I really like about what they do is they do nice artwork, like a gig. So this is something, actually, that I've started to do with my events. We've got loads of events at the TSN Arena here in Nottingham in the UK. Um, one of my events that's coming up, for instance, is uh, King Gizzard and the Wizard, the, the Blizzard Wizards, which I'm quite proud of. Uh, I quite like the idea of doing like gig posters for events. Uh, and the Summer Slaughter 2023 one obviously looks like a gig poster. So I'm a big fan of that. Uh, that looks really legit. So I do like the idea of going down the gig poster route for Age of Sigmar events. So let's make that happen, which is cool. Anyway, 113 players. Some of the better players uh, knocking around the world, actually. So at least some of the most consistent. So it's unsurprising uh, that our three five O's, at least two of them, we know really well. So Caleb Walters uh, of the Bottom Table Bullies has done incredibly well. Again, going 5-0 with his Disciples of Zinch in Guild of Summoners. Ted Adams with his Oceanic Bone Reapers in Non Myriad. And then Nate Trentinelli with a truly truly mind-bending night haunt list in emerald host and then you've got loads of really like well-known uh four ones including winner of lvo and uh wonderful human uh joanne noah singh uh, and we'll talk about all those in a moment but let's just look at the list that uh, let's look at the list right now first list we're going to look at is caleb's he's only guild of summoners so don't forget that means you summon lords of change it's our most popular sub faction for zinch last year and they ended up or in the last ghb and they ended up with a really good win rate in the last ghb as well so it's an incredibly good army already going into the new GHB. New GHB, a lot of their heroes and uh, casters, so their wizards, are not targetable outside of 12 inches thanks to the change to look out, sir. So maybe that's made Zinch even better. And because then they were good before, being better is pretty strong. Then he's got a Mazdus on disc of Zinch, and he's got uh, he's bonded to a Cronspine incarnate. So they're bonded. Now there's actually something really interesting to focus on there and that's previously you used to use Destiny Dice to make the Magister explode himself so that um, uh, so that the Cronspine Incarnate will become wild. You no longer have to do that anymore. Instead, you could use the spell from the spell law or from the GHB spell law to unbind yourself from the Incarnate, meaning it could go wild. So there's a nice little combo there. Um, then there's an Ogroid Thermitage in the list with Merciless Blizzard and Arcane Suggestion. Arcane Suggestion's got the potential at 18 inches to make it so you can't receive command abilities, but also, and importantly, uh, reduce your save by one. It's pretty massive because we're going to talk about some other combos for this in a moment. And uh, then a Lord of Change, and then obviously Merciless Blizzard if you just want to do a ton of mortal wounds. Uh, Lord of Change with Demon Spark to get some extra fate points early. 
um, and then Ghost Mist and Flaming Weapons making a combat uh, monster, and then a Magister with Rupture and Merciless Blizzard. And again, that Magister is using Rupture to, to unbind the uh, Incarnate. And then you've got Karak Acolytes, uh, two units of 10, and a unit of Zangor. Now, Zangor are a hot pick, I think, in this GHB, specifically because using Horfrost on them, when they charge in, they can get up to 50 attacks. So being able to give them Ren 3 on Horfrost is massive, but where it gets even more exciting, I think, is the fact that with Arcane Suggestion, you can make that be Ren 4, or if you would like, uh, you could use the Purple Son of uh, Sheesh, which is in this list, uh, to reduce an enemy's armor save down, so up to Ren 5, meaning you'll just blow through units with 50 attacks. Uh, Crunchmine Incarnate of Gur in the list as well, obviously we know what Incarnate does, can't retreat, it's really good for a Zinch army, means that your opponent isn't going to be uh, attacking your castle really early, uh, and then some Karak Acolytes in the list as well. Um, Purple Sun and uh, Umbral Spell Portal and the Burning Sidra Zinch, which is the spell. Uh, it's always incredible uh, that Caleb is able to do so well with this army. Uh, it really is. Uh, he is a very unique player, and he just has to be brilliant with this list. Uh, he's been playing it consistently, religiously, um, and the fact that he is just consistently doing so well with it, uh, no matter the meta, no matter the event, no matter where he is, um, is just a real uh, real note to how well he must play this. Uh, over to Ted Adams. Um, he's running Guild of Summoners. Uh, not Guild of Summoners, sorry. He's running Null Myriad in OCR Bone Reapers. He's got Catacross, a Bone Shaper, and a Soul Mason. Then he's got a unit of 10 Death Riders, and then two units of six in Mortis Guard, and another unit of Death Riders. So Death Riders in there for the battle tactic, which is super useful. And then Mortis Guard, again, a defensive front line with a two-up armor save thanks to Caracross, uh, a five-up ward save. Uh, you can heal a lot of them. Uh, from In this list, you could heal up to three, of course, obviously, uh, YouTube thugs. You have to roll dice to make that happen, but you can roll up to three back in, which is 15 wounds, not including rallies, which would add even more into a, a, a unit. Uh, and they're just really good. They're a great castle army. They fight really well. They hit the mid-board uh, and they battle it out on objectives and you're hard pushed to beat against them, which is rough. And then finally, Nate Trentnelli. Now, I'm just going to straight up ask Nate to come on the show and talk about this list uh, and th th talk about his thoughts on this army anyway. Um, but Nate's running Nighthaunt in Emerald Host. Emerald Host has got a really fun uh, sub-faction ability where you pick D3 plus 1 uh, units on the enemy uh, in the enemy army at the start of the battle and then every battle round they'll take D3 mortal wounds on a 2 plus. This is really useful for obviously getting rid of those ranged characters. Kind of uh, a th running theme now it seems if you look at some of the other army lists where you're again skipping that lookout sir change and making it so that you can uh, do all of those mortal wound damage into those units um, uh, even if you can't see them, uh, which is really nice, and then keep hitting those support characters in the enemy army, which are going to be bringing in a lot of their battle tactics. Uh, and then there's a, uh, and then to kind of buddy up with that, crazily, there's a unit of ten Craven Throne Guard. So these are the crossbows, which is so rare to see these in a list anyway. But they are very, very cheap. And then two units of five Craven Throne Guard as well. So that's twenty Craven Throne Guard. They've got, they shoot twelve inches, and they've got. Um, they got two shots each. So that unit of 10 is going to shoot 20 shots. Force fours, rend one, damage one. But they can shoot units that they can't see. Uh, and then there are like there's two units of five as well. So up to 40 shots. So a lot of those support characters potentially going down very, very early. Then there's two units of four Mimron Banshees. And these feel amazing. Units wholly within 12 inches can ignore endless spells. Um, well, not ignore them. Basically, they get another unbind on top of the unbinds you're already trying to roll. So basically, into a spellcasting army, devastating these Mimron Banshees, um, and they they shut down. Probably they're probably a better shutdown 
than corn, I would argue. Uh, you don't get the bonuses you get with corn, but I think it's a better shutdown. Uh, he's got Ragnar the Grim Hailer, Guardian Souls. Guardian Souls can heal up to D6 uh, um, to a unit, uh, which isn't really nice. And Ragnar the Grim Hailer can add plus three to cast to cast some spells, which is really good. But I think the super clever trick in here is the Knight of Shrouds on Ethereal Steed. Uh, he's an Arcane Tome, so he becomes a wizard, which means he can go and lack on the Soul Seeker, Soul Seeker, which is the endless spell which moves a unit, and then that unit can move after and charge. Uh, and the Knight of uh, Shrouds on Ethereal Seed is really fast. Then he's got this amazing ability. When he takes damage, he does mortal wound damage in AoE to units within six inches. So it's like an AoE damage spell, or like damage ability, sorry. So he takes damage, and every unit within six inches on a four plus takes a mortal wound. He also gains wounds, and it, uh, he also gains wounds to his characteristic based on how many models. Oh, like every time he slays a model in combat, in a combat phase. So if he's been in four combat phases and he's slaying a model in all four, he will add up to four to his wounds characteristic. Meaning that if he takes nine wounds in combat, he's going to roll uh, nine dice, and for every four up, every unit within six inches is going to take a mortal wound. It's a lot of AoE mortal wound damage spell, on top of the shooting coming from the crossbows, the elite, the sub-faction ability, and then finally, finally, he's got the Mortalis Terminexus, which is an endless spell which sets up within 12, moves eight inches, and affects units within six inches, and every unit within six inches on a two plus takes D3 mortal wounds. So now he's doing AoE mortal wound damage. So he's killing characters at range. He's shooting um, at loads of units and screens, charging in these bombs, throwing endless spells in and doing the bombs, just doing loads of damage. It's, it's, it's a really interesting list. You do wonder how... Oh, and then finally, finally, you're like, well, Rob, how does he stop from getting hit back? He's got a unit of 10 hex wraiths and then two units of, uh, three units of five hex wraiths, which are really, really fast, and you could definitely use these to pin units in because uh, they've got a good armor save because you can't rend it, so four-up armor save. Um, uh, they can have a good ward save as well because they can use command ability for a five-up ward save, um, and they could just pin an enemy unit in. There's also a spell to make them minus one to wound, so uh, they can be really tough to deal with and take out of the game uh, as you're being hit by AoE damage, uh, chip damage, shooting damage, and loads of other stuff. It's a really interesting list, Incredible to see it play. Uh, really, really fun. In the four and the draw category, we've got Juan Noah Singh uh, with uh, Soulblight, Gravelord's Legion of Night. And it's a nice little cheeky list, a little bit different to what we've seen previously. So he's running the Legion of the Night. Whoa. Uh, he's got Manfred von Karstein in his list, just a big fighting monster as a support character who's great. Then he's got King Morlach Velmorn and his lads, his bastard sons. Uh, and King Morlach Volman is 15 wounds, him and his squad, uh, and can be on a 3-up uh, armor save, which is pretty nice. Summonable, they heal at the start of the combat phase, and also they can make it so a unit within 3 inches can't pile in, which is pretty good. Uh, and then he's got a Vampire Lord with Morbeg's Claw, which gives him plus 3 to cast, and he's taking the spell Merciless Blizzard. So if he wants to, he can try and roll for the big 46 Mortal Wound spell, and because he's in Legion of Night, he does have a Hero Phase Teleport outside of 9 inches, so take the Vampire Lord, teleport him 9 inches away, and just try to blammo a unit off the board. I did say a couple of weeks ago in our first kind of stat center for this GHB, this seems to be a consistent and solid tactic, and I think we're going to con continue to see that happen. Then 40 Deadwalker Zombies, 20 Deadwalker Zombies, uh, so uh, 60 wounds in Deadwalker Zombies, and then two units of 10 Direwolves, that's another 40 wounds in uh, Direwolves, so up to 100 wounds. Corpse Cart buffing them uh, all up, so they're doing a bunch of damage. Three units of three Fellbats, go and grab in objectives. 
uh, and then a unit of 20, and also great training pieces, and then 20 Grave Guard to go and slap and battle stuff, which is super good. Uh, and uh, loads, of, like, yeah, just really, really good. Really great list, played by a great player. Being such a massive event, you end up with a lot of four ones, but let me tell you, it gets really exciting off the top of the bat with two different Cruel Boys players. Austin Timesh using Grinning Blades, and Jacob Brandon of the Bottom Table Bullies also using Cruel Boys Grinning Blades. And they've both got different lists, but they both contain Gobsprack, uh, but they've got different loadouts on how many Gut Rippers they have and how many shooters they have. Uh, but it's mainly Gut Rippers, mainly, obviously, Bolt Boys in their list, Gobsprack's in that list as well. So two different Cruel Boys lists going 4-1, in addition to our other Cruel Boy lists going 4-1 as well. That is three 4-1s for Cruel Boys this weekend already if you're keeping track. Joe Shoemaker of the Bottom Table Bullies is running Big War. Again, just a combination of loads of different units uh, that, look, that are really good, and Joe's an excellent player. Uh, Gra Graham uh, Wren was running uh, Beast of Chaos Dark Walkers, and he was running like a slightly different Dark Walker list, what we generally tend to see, because he wasn't using the ability to deep strike a unit outside of seven inches. So that kind of changed up uh, the list a little bit. Um, and maybe made it more of like an actual play on the tabletop list, which is quite rare, and you don't generally tend to see that. Um, I was just looking for his list now, and I cannot find it, so uh, it's in there somewhere. Um, uh, then Adam Lindsay uh, was running Ogre Moor Tribes Boulderhead. He was running three units of... Uh, he's he obviously running Stonehorns, but he was using a Huskard on Stonehorn and then Stonehorn Beast Riders as his battle line because the points have changed and you now probably can't fit a Frostlord in and those three. Or he didn't want to do that anyway, so he had a Huskard on Thunder Tusk, sorry, on Stonehorn with the same loadout we normally see, uh, which is cool. Uh, William Hatch with his Soulblight Gravelords in Vrycross Dynasty was fun. He was running a bunch of summonable units, so zombies and direwolves, as well as Graveguard. Um, and then as well as having um, the, the dude that gives the five-up ward aura, whose name is... Uh, the name is Torgillus the Chamberlain. He also had the Ulfankani Phylactery Artifact of Power on the Vampire and Zombie Dragon for an additional five-up ward aura. Um, which is on a massive base so while uh the vampire and zombie dragon doesn't get the five up ward because it's only on summonable units it goes to all the units around him which is quite cool a lot of people actually put that on belladama because in Vicross you can actually put an artifact on a named character which you can't do in most other armies uh, nicholas walters is running iron jaws blood tooths plays these all the time uh, he had uh, two units of six pigs and he also had a big unit of brutes i like brutes in this meta a lot of people are talking about how do i deal with lots of zombies or all those other things i mean um uh, the grave tide endless spell is right there in front of all of us and costs literally 30 points um but uh you know Another way of doing that is making it so they don't count for objectives, which is really good. Uh, David Dill was running Sons of Behemoth, Breaker Tribe. Yeah, I think he had three great baker, three gate breakers, and then three littles. So well done to him. Uh, and then you know, like Sons of Behemoth should do really well. I think uh, Connor Sell with his Gloomspite Gits, Jaws and Mork. Not really taking what we saw in like the optimal Jaws and Mork lists that we've been seeing, obviously all through last GHP. Felt like it was much more um, a collection of other stuff that you wanted to put in there, including a loom boss on Mangler Squigs, which are generally considered to be quite expensive for what you get. Uh, Grincrack the Great is in there as well. He's he's pretty common. Uh, and then Hawfrost is pretty scary, especially if you cast that on a unit of Squig Herd, which is still great, or a unit of Boingrot Bounders, giving them all Ren 3 could be pretty terrifying. A Skit Strand of Ragnarok in the list as well, which is quite fun uh, for being able to deep strike. I quite like that. 
Uh, Bill Hennessy from the Bottom Table Bullies. Shout out to Bill uh, with his Slaves to Darkness Kabbalist list. Just taking um, a pretty, I wouldn't say standard, uh, bunch of Slaves to Darkness units. And one of our few Slaves to Darkness lists that we've seen uh, do well so far. You've got an Exalted Hero of Chaos uh, twice and a Chaos Sorcerer Lord. Uh, that's been bonded to an Incarnate. Then 10 Chaos Knights uh, with Nurgle, which is pretty common. Use that in that to pin enemy units in. And Cronspine Incarnate also used to pin units in. So you've got two units that are going to pin the army back. Then a unit. Uh, then the Shards of Valagar and the Spell uh, for shutting down their movement. And then six Varangard with the Fell Spear. So if you do need to absolutely uh, destroy a unit, then those six Varangard with a Marker Corn are probably going to do it. Uh, they're very, very good. Uh, and then he's also got Merciless Blizzard on an Exalted Hero of Chaos as well, because he probably wants to try and get a bunch of uh, 46 more wounds in. Andrew uh, Weinman with his uh, Soulblight Gravelords Legion of Night uh, was a little bit more standard. Just uh, some Grave Guard and some some big boys. Um, oh, hold on. Yes. Uh, yes. I think that was right. I think that's right. In fact, actually, Andrew, I don't want to mess that up because I think I might have got that right. Let's just double check. Uh, Vampire Lord. No, this is the other list, of course. So this is the three units of 10 zombies, uh, the direwolves and then the skeletons. Then 30 Graveguard in that list as well, and Ravenex Nation Jaws. And then he's just got Necromancer, Necromancer, Vampire Lord, and uh, Manfred von Karstein. Uh, so he just has a lot of wounds on the board there that are doing a, loads of additional damage. Um, and he's got all the characters to back it up. Uh, Basil Inferrera really showcasing with his Seraphon Cottle's Claw that Seraphon are just as good. The stuff that makes Seraphon good um, are very useful, even if you don't take them in Starborn. Uh, so he's got Lord Croak, Skink Starcy, and Ashroth Banabera, which is what we see normally. But he's added the Celestine Prime for that AoE mortal wound damage as well. And then he's got five Saurus Guard to tank body uh, to tank wounds for Croak and the characters. And then he has 20 and two tens of Saurus Warriors in the list. So he's going to be able to still do a load of mortal wound at range. Don't forget Croak does up to 24 mortal wounds. Well, he could do 36 mortal wounds. Um, but... Uh, he's going to do really, really well. Uh, but now with Saurus Warriors, which are minus one damage, they're going to be super. They're a really solid frontline castle versus the more fragile screening units you have in the more damagey version in uh, in Starborn, which I think is good. Um, uh, morning, hello everyone in the chat. And then finally, not finally, uh, we got. Oh yeah, no, finally. Oh, no, no, no. We've got Matt Laura. Matt Laura, sorry, from Vanguard Tactics uh, with Seraphon Fangs of Sotek. And this is actually super fun uh, because he didn't have Croak in his list. He did have the Slan uh, with the Command Trait. But instead, he had five units of Hunters, uh, five units of uh, the new Skink Cavalry, the Combat Skink Cavalry, which I think is uh, very, very fun. Uh, try and find this for you. Yes, uh, five units of Raptodon Chargers in his list, a unit of Raptodon Hunters, and two Spawn of Chotek in his list as well, which is really fun, um, but he doesn't have Croak. So the Sandstar Master still with that same loadout, Lordish Celestial Resonance for double the summoning points, and then Space Folder Staff, uh, again, for teleport within a certain range, which is very, very good. Skink Star Priest with Merciless Blizzard as well. Yeah, very skinky, which is super cool. Um... And then Dakota Tanner uh, with Osiart Bone Reapers, Null Myriad. He had a slightly different list again to everyone else. Instead, this instead of just two units of six Immortus Guard, he had a unit of six Immortus Guard and a unit of 30 Mortec Guard. Two more Gast Archai, which are considered to be quite good at the moment. I think a lot of people like the idea that they can turn off command abilities. Geminids is cheaper, though. 
Uh, and then as a Mortis and Bone Shaper, Leech Cavalos and Ark and the Black. So no Catacross in that list, which I think is the secret source to always give plus one save out uh, to the units. Great event, biggest event of uh, biggest event so far of the of this GHB. Yeah, of this GHB, uh, which is cool. Uh, and shout out to the Basement War Gamers. Loads to think about there, like the sheer volume of different armies that did well. Um, if you read through that, that's pretty crazy. Loads of different lists, and those lists were pretty different from each other, which is also super fun. Uh, and I really like that. Obviously, Soul Black Grave Lords stand out a little bit, but Cruel Boy is doing loads of uh damage and going for one is really really exciting uh lots of armies missing obviously from that kind of like meta there uh lumeth realm lords not in that kind of top bracket uh you obviously would see those before squigs nowhere near as represented but i think the squig players have moved on to be soul black grave lords players as well uh you've still got things like sons of behemoth in the list carriage and overlords are still playing so uh loads of uh interesting different armies and importantly for us as gamers a very wide meta lots of different armies which is really cool and even our 350s are all different factions as well um so shout out to all of those players uh for doing so the next event is the biggest event we had in the uk this weekend 60 players played at feud in the fens a new event that happens uh in northampton here at this uh hall uh, which is super nice. There is a dojo nearby. Someone teaches uh, karate out of their garage, so uh, do be aware of that. 60 players uh, attended, and it was organised uh, by Steve Follows, Lewis Swan, and Ben Harper. Shout out to them uh, for having the courage to set up a new event and run it, uh, so well done to them. Uh, the event was won uh, by Russell Taylor um, uh, with his 5-0, and then Richie McCallie also in the 5-0 bracket. So we're going to talk about both of those now. Uh, first up, uh, nice to see Daughters of Cain doing so well, so shout out to Russell. Uh, for doing so good. He was running Hagnar, and he had Marathi Kane, um, and they had a Meliocite Iron Scale with Zealous Orator, which is a 4-plus uh, rally, and then the Arcane Tome. Then 15 Blood Sisters, which are the fighty combat snakes, uh, and then two units of 10 Witch Elves, and then he's got an allied Tree Lord, which I think will set the internet on fire, which is great. You'd love to see something clever like that put in. Then he had Lackwan the Soul Seeker in his list as well, and two units of five heart renders now russell's in the chat has been talking about this all wet already he liked to use lack the soul seeker obviously on marathi uh, giving her a really massive threat range so little baby marathi meaning she can run up the board and fight in conjunction obviously with the big uh marathi as well doing lots of damage a nice little uh trick obviously also is that the uh allied in tree lord can make a unit fight last and do no pile-ins this is especially good because then that means uh, that the Blood Sisters, the fighty combat snakes, are going to be able to do lots of combat damage when they are charged, if you fight in a kind of like little circle together, which is really good. And in addition to that, obviously, Marathi is going to be able to make them fight twice in the hero phase. Uh, so that's also really powerful as well. So the Blood Sisters are going to do a lot of output, and then the Zealous Orator, if they do end up taking a lot of damage, are going to be able to rally on a 4+, which is nice as well. And finally, the Witch Elves can do quite a lot of attacks, in the right situation um they're little screening units which you can just do a lot of dice which is also really valuable as well um and the heart renders are great for obviously grabbing back objectives and also doing battle tactics and it's a one drop so i would also say there's something to be said about the one drop in this ghb i've said this already past a couple of stats shows and i think i've I said this also uh, when i reviewed a bunch of the under spells is uh, if you actually look through a lot of the Battle plans, going second is really, really advantageous. You've got a lot of strengths. So even though you obviously can't control the later turns in going second, what you can do 
is you can obviously uh, choose to go second in the first battle round, and then when the priority roll comes up, you can either choose a double, which is super strong, or you can choose to go second, which is also really strong in this GHB. Uh, so I think being on one drop is actually super impressive right now. Um, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, so and congrats to Russell. Uh, Richie um, uh, was Richie McCallie from the Just Play Game Store up in Liverpool. If you haven't been, it's great. He also runs a bunch of events up there if you want to go check it out. Uh, super nice. He was running Flesh Eater Courts. And he was running the sub-faction Morgan. Now, we actually did a review on the Flesh Eater Courts earlier on uh, last week. Uh, we went through the whole battle tome again using all of the new updated war scrolls, all of the new things uh, that really change up how the army plays. And one of the key points to talk about is sub-faction Morgan. Uh, if you have any surf units, which is ghouls, uh, and also uh, the beast flares, which is the Warcry Warband, uh, then they, when they're wiped out, uh, you can bring a whole unit uh, of them back. Uh, for a command point this combos really nicely with Nagash who when a unit dies uh, on a three plus you can bring that unit back if it's got the mordant keyword and ghouls have the mordant keyword uh, and that means that you can bring uh, that unit back up to half strength so if you were to have a unit of crypt ghouls uh, like you can see here a unit of 30 if they were to die uh, then you can bring a unit of 30 back and an additional unit of 15, creating 45 ghouls from your unit of 30 ghouls. So you actually kill more uh, than you uh, than you start. You get more back. And don't forget, obviously, also it's Fleshy of Courts. So the Arc Regent's going to be able to summon a unit. Uh, that Arc Regent can summon a unit of up to 20 ghouls, but probably going to summon a unit of 20 Beast Flares, which is the Warcry Warband. Because, again, we talked about this on the review show, but if you do the math, you can just stack a lot of attacks on them. Uh, and the unit champion itself can, like, one-shot, like, Archeon, uh, as an example, if you put the right spells on it. A Boron Ghoul King in the list as well. Uh, and then uh, an Umbral Spell Portal and Malevolent Maelstrom. That Umbral Spell Portal is so good, obviously, with our uh, Nagash because he can hand a dust a unit off the board. Uh, so you've got, like, ghouls doing a ton of attacks to take out infantry and, like, you know, large units. And then you've got Nagash for fighting all those big monsters and uh, and just hand a dusting them off. So super fun. Uh, so those are the two five O's. In the 4-1 bracket, you've got Jack Armstrong with a, a monstrous Soulblight Grave Lords list in Avengori. He's got Luke of Eye, Avengori Lord, and Necromancer, another Necromancer, and then one, two, uh, one zombie dragon and one, two, three, four terror guys. It's pretty, it's pretty much like um, we saw, uh, we saw uh, Adam Mumford's army play with his cockatrices. Uh, so it's the same sort of play style where you can just got a lot of objective control units uh, that can run around very fast. Each one counts as five, so you can put twenty points of objective control in one place and then 20 points somewhere else uh pretty quick which is fun as well as being monsters doing lots of monsters actions and doing lots of fighting uh owen jackson's blade of corn is the classic blue deck uh age of sigmar army right now i don't know if anyone if you don't know what legion of the first prince is this is a legion of the first prince army with extra steps uh, this is a corn army in Reach Reapers of Vengeance. Shout out to Owen for making little uh, notes on how his list plays. We've seen this a lot. Uh, shout out to Rune who was doing it for uh, Team Denmark and also to Gareth from Old Town Throwdown who was the first person I saw do this. Make sure I shout people out. Uh, I did already in the past but apparently people didn't listen. Um, and then you've got Bloodthirst from Infected Fury, Bloodthirst from Sense of Rage, two Slaughter Priests, a Rumgor Ritualist and Bellacore. Then a unit of two Flesh Hounds, a unit of Blood Reavers and then Claws of Karnak and then three Blood Crushers. Um, uh, Hex Gorgeous Skulls for shutting down enemy uh, casts and the Wrath Axe doing a ton of mortal wounds. What do I mean by being a blue control deck? Uh, with 
the murder lust uh, blood tithe ability that you get for corn and bellacor being able to shut down a unit you can as we saw in peter twig's victory at our event here at the tsn arena two weeks ago you can just shut down units so they can't even engage in the game owen adding in bellacor as well so he's got that easy battle tactic uh, on the first turn uh, from the new ghb where he casts a spell in corn feels a little anti-ethical to how corn play but really works in with the key mechanics of how that army should play uh, because the army for some reason is a debuffing uh movement control um uh like debuff army versus well it's not really a debuff army it's more of a board control army like it shuts units it's a pinning army in many ways which is rough uh then mike stewart with seraphon uh, he lost to Richie's infinite ghoul list. So shout out to Riffy, uh, Richie for uh, keeping Seraphon down. So Seraphon actually not as strong as we initially thought. Uh, and thanks to Richie for proving that. So it just turns out that if you can just make an army that doesn't die, um, and in fact actually creates more units than when it dies, then you can beat Seraphon. Uh, he's got Lord of Croaks, Seros, Ashroth, Banabera, Slan, Starmaster, Starseer, Starseer, some Saurus Guards, some Skinks, and he's got a Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. Uh, in that list as well. I guess that's to pin units in as he does loads of AoE mortal wound damage um, because you do have a fairly like fragile front line in the Starborn version of the list. Matt Goldsborough with his Seraphon uh, took Lord Croaks and Starmaster. Same loadouts, obviously, uh, but this time he was running the Skink Oracle on Troglodon, Ashloth Banabera, some Saurus Guard for, and then some two Basilodons with Arc of Sotek, uh, which is seeing a lot of play. I guess the Basilodons of Arc of Sotek are doing exactly what we've seen the Crunchbind Incarnate do in the other list, which is pin the enemy back and then do loads of AoE mortal wound damage. And they legit can do their own damage as well. And then he's got the Aether Void Pendulum, Malevolent Maelstrom, and the Soul Screen Bridge. Um, uh, and then uh, Ben Mardle, shout out to him. That's amazing. With a 4 1 with Sinesh. He's in Pretenders, so extra CP, loads of command abilities. He's got a Contort Epitome, but instead of making him the general, he made a Keeper Secrets the general. Again, the same loadout you would see on the Contort Epitome, specifically being the Strength of Godhood and the Crown of Dark Secrets. Uh, and then he's got a unit of Seekers, another unit of Seekers, and he's got a unit of Bliss Barb Archers. Uh, and he's got himself a unit of six fiends, which is fun. They've got a new coherency now, which is really nice. And then two units of five slick blade seekers uh, in there as well. Um, so just like lots of uh, the sleep, lots of damage in combat, especially with fight twice, thanks to the keeper of secrets. And the fiends are actually really interesting uh, because they obviously tie in really nicely into specific uh, builds, uh, specifically like big big wound units. Um, so well done to him. And then you've got Darren Watson with Sylvaneth. Uh, so this is Oakenbrow list. So this is a little bit similar to the Oakenbrow list we saw in the GHB previously. However, it has changed up a little bit specifically because he's put Gotrek in this list and a unit of Kurnoth Hunters with Scythes. So previously, I think we saw people kind of committing or maybe overcommitting would be what Darren would say with things like the... Um, uh, tree lord ancient to make sure you can teleport dirthu around and the tree lords and instead he's got kotrek who is probably much much better in that situation because he can take the midboard and make it so you can't be uh you can't fight against them uh and the other units just bop around uh the thing to say probably also about gotrek as well uh, is with the new uh lookout sir rule can't be targeted outside of 12 inches which is fun uh, Max Barton with a Magakin and Nurgle list is quite fun. It's more of like a summoning Magakin list. Blow, Morbid X, Orgot's Demon Spew, and a great and clean one. This has got Flaming Weapons and the Wither Stave. Wither Stave is going to be able to make it so um, you do additional Mortal Wounds or like the disease roll is much better in range. The great and clean one is very dif difficult to 
deal with, and then Orgots and Morbidex and Blobs with four monsters. Again, they can go and grab a lot of objectives, and they're incredibly difficult to kill, and then you're taking a lot of disease points for being near them in close combat, and then the Wither Stave is increasing that disease point allocation. And then you've got Beast of Nurgle. One, two, three, four, five, six Beast of Nurgle, uh, which are going to charge and do mortal wounds, retreat and do mortal wounds. So there's just a lot of mortal wound damage coming out from this. And it's fun to see Max playing this. This is great. Ollie Fox is OCR Bone Reapers. We're playing Myriad. He's got Arcane, Catagross, Bone Shaper, some Death Riders, and then one unit of Six Immortus Guard. Haven't said this yet, but those Six Immortus Guard no longer need to be two threes. They could be a strong outlet unit six, which is fun. Uh, Soul Stealer carry on in there as well. Uh, and then Jamie Fox, uh, sorry, James Lake uh, with our last four one with Soul Black Grave Lords. This time with Frycross, Belladama. Uh, with the Orphan Carnophylactery, so that's that 5-up ward save. Necromancer, Vampire Lord. No Torgillus in this list, though. And 60 Deadwalker Zombies, 2 units of 20 Deadwalker Zombies, 2 units of 10 Direwolves, and then some uh, Graveguard and a Corpse Cart. So, uh, very difficult to deal with. I think if you are coming up against those, I would try and take the Grave Tide. That should start doing a lot of Mortal Wounds into the army. Not that they overly care, but that would be something I think you should probably do. Um, yeah, it looks like a great event. Hope everyone a lovely time. Again, really diverse set of lists some really unique lists in there as well uh maybe one of the first few times we've seen like the infinite ghoul list it has played previously at events uh daughters of cain doing well is rare soul blade grave lords common again in these lists as well uh but you've got silverness and ash nurgle um so a bunch of different lists which we haven't seen previously so that's the next event we were going to cover is the midwest meltdown with 58 players looks like a really super fun event um and you can go check out all of the event results on bcp the only reason we're not going to cover it in detail is because you got to bring a free warcryer warband with each one of your armies uh or at least that's what the chat are telling me it was organized by kevin fleming uh shout out to him uh was super uh, like looks like it looks like a really great event and there was some fun lists um hope you had a wonderful time we just generally don't tend to cover events that have like kind of like house rules like that and stuff on but i hope you had a great time super fun stuff happened like feel free to do events like that and have the most amazing time obviously you don't need my permission like do what you like but like i hope you had a great time that's all i got to say but we're not going to cover it today but i just wanted to mention it happened the the next event is the flg outlaw gt over in texas organized by brian lofton shout out brian hope you had a wonderful time it was organized here uh at 777 uh just a big hotel just a big ass uh, hotel shout out to the austin weird knobs in the chat uh i hope you had a lovely time uh we had ooh, we had 46 players playing at this event and the event was won and our first place and only 5-0 was by the infamous uh silent violence mr tom guan of harambe's heroes he brought a soul blight grave lords vrycross dynasty list and he was running Torgillus the Chamberlain, who's a five-up ward aura. And also uh, he has a Gorslav Gravekeeper with, with the Orphan Carney Phylactery. So don't forget Gorslav helps you bring back a slain unit. Then he took, I think it's something along the lines of 200. He had a unit of 40 Deadwalker Zombies, another unit of 40. In fact, he had three units of 40 Deadwalker Zombies for 120 uh, zombies. And then he had another two units of Deadwalker Zombies. Uh, for a 180 Deadwalker Zombies. Then he had two units of 10 Direwolves. Don't forget the two wounds each. So that's another 40 wounds uh, that you get to add on to that mix, taking us up to 220 wounds. Two units of Corpse Car in that list as well. So he has 220 wounds on a 5-up ward save, uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, uh, Tom was on a, t uh, a timer, so a chest cock, 
all weekend. Apparently, he didn't lose uh, use any more than an hour of his time, which would be longer than Tom would have liked to have spent on his games, to be honest. Uh, obviously, it's got an insane amount of uh, objective control, uh, which is why earlier on, when I talked about Iron Jaws, I talked about the fact that Brutes could make a real comeback because they make it so that one or two wound models don't count for holding objectives, which feels like a massive positive in this particular meta, especially with lots of zombies running around. Um, but yeah, he ran a lot of uh, bodies, and they're just it's just an incredible amount of wounds that's just basically unkillable because he's got that five up ward save, which is crazy. Um, now, I did talk about Seraphon earlier, so I should talk about this, and I think Soblight Gravelords definitely are in a place where they're probably too strong. Their positive win rate potential is probably too high. The reason maybe it doesn't generate as much negative feelings as when you play against it is you do, as the opposing player, get to kill loads of stuff, which is super fun. You just kill loads and loads of stuff. You just lose the game, but you don't really realize you're losing until later, and you just don't hold any objectives. But you do get to kill loads of units, so it probably feels a little bit more positive uh shout out to tom for you know just breaking the game and being a jerk but being beautiful as well now let's take a look at the four ones and let me tell you if you haven't bought or at least been sent pictures or looked online the harbingers book it's gonna be coming useful right now uh, because christopher shelling of rambe's heroes was running sons of behemoth breaker tribe list but the spice for this is two gate breakers and a war stomper but he also brought along the war the war band here the rabble rouser braggett's bottle snatchers and his battalion and now the rabble rouser himself gives monsters um run and charge so the friendly monsters so the gate breakers and the war stomper having run and charge uh which is just amazing um, so now they're going even faster and charging you. But the Rabble Rousers unit can also deploy into Deep Strike and then pop up, which is really good as well. So his unit of five Gobble Loser, the Squig Herd and the Squig Hoppers can go into Deep Strike and then charge. So it's quite fun, uh, for, especially like mechanically for how the army will work, because they're just going to be able to charge, like, charge at the front lines and then sneak around the back, which is really good. And I really like it. Uh, then he's got himself, uh, next up we've got Jonathan Sheslis uh, with his Osart Bone Reapers. Uh, and this is just uh, like Catacross, Arkan, Bone Cheaper um, and Mortec Guard. The normal stuff that we normally get uh, in a list for, like that. Then you've got Noah Aquino and Noah Aquino was using, again, one of our new Harbingers in his Fire Slayer list. He was running two Auric Flame Keepers, which is what we saw kind of last season. Units that die, or models that die from the Fire Slayers, or any unit actually, uh, within range, keep tacking up uh, the Fire Slayer ability, so the dice. So the Flame Keepers can use their ability to do all of those extra kind of abilities that they do, uh, which is fun. Then you've got the Grimhold Exiled. Now, Exile, sorry, the Grimhold Exile. He gives uh, a... Uh, AOE run and charge once per battle to all fire slayer units wholly within six inches of him, which is amazing. Uh, and then an Auric Rune Master, a Battlesmith, obviously with Norsidian Icon, and the Auric Rune Father. Then four units of 10 Volkite Berserkers, and then a unit of 10 Hearthguard Berserkers, a unit of five Hearthguard Berserkers. So what you've got is army-wide run and charge. Also, when they strike the runes, they're going to be able to go that much faster. So Arguably one of the key problems that the Fire Slayer army has had is its inability to really go across the board. It just sometimes can go a bit faster thanks to the rune. Now it's got army-wide run and charge. Unbelievable stuff. Also got the pouch and null dust as well in there to so shut down enemy magic. Uh, we also then saw a uh, 
a crag bro list. Uh, so Randall Brasher was running his Ogre Moor Tribe's Meat Fist army. Uh, that means that you do uh, the mortal wound impact damage that you do from charging in, which is the Ogre Allegiance ability. You get to add plus one to that. Then he's got a list of tyrants. So he's got Kragnos in the list for a 3d6 charge. Then he's got himself one, two, three, four tyrants. They've taken the big name, which means they do mortal wound impact hits on fours when they charge in. Now, because they're a meat fist, that's going to be threes. So 3d6 charge. Um, and then every single, then, you know, 3d6 charge, which should be on average be 11. Roll 11 dice. Every three up is a mortal wound. Just tons and tons of damage. Then a unit of four iron guts, two units of four lead belchers, and then 20 noblars in the list as well. So a ton of of uh mortal wounds when they charge in and obviously kragnos is in there as well uh a blazer corn um list which is really fun uh james west of harambe's heroes running gore tide um and he was doing a murder roll list which is super cool blood secreter corgus call scar blood wrath dies comes back to life slaughter priest skull grinder and a realm called rich list for that plus one to hit aura then he's got 20 blood warriors which once you use uh corgus call's ability will be doing three murder rolls murder rolls for every one of the blood warriors that dies two units of claws of karnak Three Mighty Skull Crushers, three Margos Fiends, and then two units of five Wrathmongers with a Bleeding Icon and the Hex Gorge Skulls, uh, along with the uh, Pouch of Null Dust for shutting down enemy magic. So shutting down enemy magic, uh, doing... Uh, uh, yeah, shutting down all enemy magic, uh, which is really good. Obviously, Hex Gorge Skulls for doing additional uh, Mortal Wound damage to those as well. And then anytime you kill some of these models, not only are they getting Blood Tithe points, but also in addition you're taking mortal wounds for the privilege uh which is just uh, really cool uh and then uh, one more ocr bone reaper list with from dylan cochoran well done to you again similar stuff to, as we've seen previously um yeah uh, so really great i hope everyone had a really fun time at the event well done to tom for trolling everyone our next event and i definitely am not recording this five days later after a vicious bout of the flu is 2d6 oslo hammer number five 2d6 is if one of if not the biggest wargaming club in the world they have nearly 200 active regular members attend their wargaming club uh located in oslo in norway uh this event was organized by give adult my good friend i really like that guy uh, and it's located here above the narvesson shopping center you can see it there if you want to go check it out um and it's a great little gaming club so big fan okay so uh, as we know we had 22 players playing in norway um, and our event was not won, unfortunately, by Gear, uh, although I'm sure he did play. And instead, uh, <laughs> instead, it was won by Danny Elvsted, one of the Norwegian team members. In fact, most of the Norwegian AOS Worlds team are featured in either the 5-0s or 4-1s. We only have one 5-0, though, and it's Big War. Some really fun stuff to say about Big War. Most importantly, obviously, they got all of those battle tactics at least two battle tactics in the battle scroll update that happened a few weeks ago you can go find that on warhammercommunity.com and that's been really advantageous for them because now they're not necessarily struggling on battle tactics so they can get their 10 points over the course of a battle instead they're trying to just fight over primary points and it's whether or not they've got the staying power to do so so in big war you've got an auric weird knob shaman obviously he's super useful because uh, he's got the great big green handed gork and he's probably going to be teleporting the Wurgog prophet who already was a mortal wound bunker now being able to uh, teleport that guy and him doing Hawfrost, um, uh, as well as doing the Wurgog Prophet spell is great. Uh, he's probably going to put Hawfrost for like on, 
I don't know who he's going to put on. Maybe on the Brutes, maybe on the Corcoranes. We'll talk about what's in the list as well. So Hawfrost, don't forget, can change the characteristic of the date to the wound and rend. Then you've got a Mega Boss or more Crusher, just absolutely going in. Two Auric War Chanters, uh, a unit of five Auric Brutes, two units of five boys. And I have talked about Brutes already. Uh, this GHB, I think they're actually much, much better. Lots of the threats that are in the game holding primary objectives are one to two wound miniatures. Uh, and I think the Brutes obviously deal with shutting down them down for scoring. A unit three gore grunters, a unit six gore grunters. So obviously they're going to do a lot of the punch power in the army. Um, Mega boss and more crusher making them go fast. The trick here though is gobsprack again. Gobsprack is in the list. Uh, like and this is now featuring. We've had four, sorry, three, four ones with gobsprack in. This is another five uh, o or a five o, sorry, with gobsprack in as well. So shutting down all of that magic casting. I did say. Um, and I did say at the start of the edition, it feels like this is an anti-magic magic edition. Uh, but because there's so much bonuses to casting, uh, i.e., and I don't mean like pluses to cast, I mean literally casting spells is really good. I think what we're actually going to see is people trying to shut down those spells for an advantage. The Gosprite does really well. Shout out to Denny. Uh, Denny? Danny? Denny, I'm so sorry. Shout out to Danny uh, for doing really well with this list. Excellent work. In the 4-1 bracket... In the 4-1 bracket, we've got three pretty famous players. Ula Vatland, with his Disciples of Zinch, Guild of Summoner's Army. Benjamin Fluda, doesn't matter how you say his name. I hope I've got that right. Sold by Grave Lords, Legion of the Night. And then Fjotr Froshag, I've definitely got that right, uh, with his Gloom Spike Gits. Disciples of Zinch list is not too dissimilar to Disciples of Zinch list we would have seen pre this GHB. Guild of Summoners. Uh, obviously, you can summon Lords of Change um, much easier, but they're the only things you can summon. Cursling on the list is pretty good, especially because he's uh, got a great ability to re-roll casting rolls. Sorry, re-roll unbinding rolls, which means shutting down enemy uh, unbinds is very effective, in my personal opinion. Uh, has also got Shield of Fate and Arcane Suggestion. He's taken an enhancement to take two spell choices as well. Uh, and that's always really good on the Cursling, because he's one of your, normally one of your few mortal casters so you always want to cast arcane suggestion and shield of fate is really good because he can tie himself to a demon and make it so he won't die uh Karas fate weaver obviously uh three spells loads of damage uh, then he's got a beast of chaos zangor shaman and that's got all of the new spell so hoarfrost and merciless blizzard which is interesting i wonder if he's going to use him to just like uh, just nuke units uh hoarfrost incredibly good especially on the right units we'll talk about that in a minute then he's got a Magister in the list with Arcane Sacrifice. Um, and then he's got Arcane Suggestion and Bolt Zinch. So the things to talk about here, two units of 10 Pink Horrors, nine Untamed Beasts, and then he's got 10 Zangor and 20 Splinter Fang. Hawfrost is really good on those because either of those two units uh, with pluses to either to hits or rend is going to make them much more effective, which is kind of like a pivot from more how we saw these lists play previously, where we wouldn't see anything too dissimilar to the leader loadout that we're seeing right now, and the horrors are obviously such a staple in what is a Zinchian castle. Uh, but these are nice, new, aggressive units that you see him put in the list. They're pretty much making up where the Incarnate would previously feature. Although, as we know earlier um, in events in the USA, the Incarnate in Zinch is still really, really effective. Then Tome of Irons, Malevolent Maelstrom, and Geminids of Orgish. Geminids just should beat OBR every time. Uh, Malevolent Maelstrom, absolutely disgustingly OP for 30 points. Uh, and that's everything in the Zinch list, so shout out. Uh, then in our Soblite Gravelords list in Legion Knight, it's quite interesting actually, quite different to stuff we've seen differently, or at least different loadouts. Two Necromancers, Manfred, a Vampire Lord, a White King on Skeletal Steed. Then 10 Direwolves, 20 Zombies, and then 30 Death Rattle Skeletons. 30 Death Rattle Skeletons is a double reinforced unit, 
So they're very tough to get rid of in the right situation because they always uh, do recursion or healing. They return models at the beginning of each combat step. Uh, and so that's actually quite effective and, and they're harder to get rid of than you would necessarily think. Uh, then he's got um, two units of 10 Black Knights. Now these are good pinning units and when 10 of them die, you do get five back, which is quite nice, um, especially because they, they do charges and when they charge in, they do mortal wounds. I feel like... Uh, I feel like uh, I don't know why there's a unit of 10 over four units of five. Uh, but I think Benjamin, who obviously did really well here, has got some reasons. And then there's the Andorian Acolytes Core Battalion. That's pretty important, especially with all of these casters. Because they're going to want to cast Merciless Blizzard and Hoarfrost a lot. In fact, uh, so much so that you're seeing Merciless Blizzard taken on at least two different characters. Uh, so that's the 46 more wound spell. Uh, so definitely really, really important, which I think is interesting. Um... Uh, like which I quite like and then finally our gits list is Scragrot, a Madcap Shaman and a Dankhold Trogboss Then it's three units of six Rockgut Trogos. Again, the thing to talk about with Rockguts specifically um, Is that they are now much more easy to move around the tabletop because they're not suffering from the coherency uh, problem that they had previously thanks to the battle scroll update so these units of six are a little bit more interesting we saw on uh, the doms game that we streamed a few weeks ago where we had that unit six create like a crescent moon some would call it a bad moon thank you very much i'm here all week <laughs> and then inside of it was a fellwater trogoth that would be being sick over the top um uh, and so they that created a really nice kind of hammer unit which i thought was quite fun uh, and then some small splatter fanatics, a Dankhold Trogoth, uh, Trogoth in the list as well. So again, gets one of the things we don't talk about enough is again they're they're pretty good at always achieving their grand strat in chasing the moon because you have to try and kill the Dankhold Trogboss, which is almost impossible. Uh, so I think that that's just really effective. So they always start three points up, uh, which is really nice. And then getting rid of rock guts is just incredibly tough. Uh, so that's something to be aware of. Anyway, the Norwegian scene is really great. The 2D6 club is, is awesome. And if you do get the opportunity to go over to Norway, please do take the time to go there. The next event takes us to the idyllic location of Sweden. Straight Edge Wargaming uh, puts on a lot of events over there. And the Straight Edge Wargaming event, it's Andor, not Andor, you stupid Wookiee, uh, <laughs> was organized by Johan Boranda uh, and featured uh, 16 players playing. There were no 5-0s. Uh, at this event but as you can see it was located in this idyllic uh, country cottage which is really nice um, we ha did have three four ones though and unsurprisingly Seraphon featured quite heavily here Theodore Papa Christodoula first time I want that shout out that I got that right uh, it with his Seraphon Fangs and Sotek went 4-1 Adam Saff with his Soulblight Gravelord's Legion of Blood went 4-1 and Johan Lundstrom uh, with his Seraphon Draco's tail. There's not much difference between Theodore's and Johan's list, but I'll just talk about them quickly. Croak, Slan Starmaster, this is in Fangs of Sotak, with the same loadout that you're about to see in the other list. Skink Stars here with Merciless Blizzard and Astroth Banabara. Uh, Saurus Guard, and then two units of Saurus Warriors in this version of the list, some Skinks, Horogast, Malevolent Maelstrom, Umbral Spellpool, Hunters of Haunt you Blowpipes, times two. Umbral uh, Horogast is obviously really good in a Seraphon list because they do AoE mortal wound damage, hitting multiple units, therefore multiple different Battleshock tests, which, as you can only inspire in presence, a unit, that means you're going to suffer a lot, but Horogast is going to double down on that, meaning you can't obviously do that to, you can't inspire in presence any of the units. The other Seraphon list, just to keep this in track, Slanstar Master with the same loadout, uh, Lord Croak, Astroth Banabera, Skink Star Priest with the same loadout, uh, another Skink Stars here, and then Skink Oracle on Troglodon. 
Saurus Guard, and then two units of Skinks, one unit of Raptodon Chargers, and the loadout for the spells here, Spell Portal, Maelstrom, and of course the Aether Void Pendulum. So a lot of AoE Mortal Wound damage uh, with the uh, Umbral Spell Portal and the Skink Oracle on Troglodon, meaning he can still cast two spells at a huge range, because do one through the portal, one through the Troglodon, which is really nice. Uh, Soulblade Gravelords, this Legion of Blood, Neferata, Vampire Lord, Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon. Now that is a general with Doom Minions, that means your units can hit uh, enemy units, um, uh, up to D3 of them, and hit them on twos, if they're not monsters and heroes. Uh, and the Cloak of Mist and Shadows mean that you obviously ignore Rend, and he's got the Flaming Weapons on there as well, making him do more damage. And in uh, Legion of Blood, you get that plus one attack because you're a vampire, so you can do loads of extra damage. Three units of minimum zombies, one unit of 20 skeletons, and a unit of maxed out, well, not maxed out grave, grave guard, but 20 grave guard. They're just a great combat unit, as always, obviously. And then with Neferata making it so they ignore Rend, they're just that much more survivable, which is good. Uh, so, yeah, just really, really, really strong. I think the chat a moment ago was saying that obviously one of the problems that Seraphon, uh, not Seraphon face, that, um, that, uh, Soulblight Gravelords face is that Seraphon obviously shut down their casting a lot. Uh, but Soulblight Gravelords have to comfortably have one of the strongest, uh, one of the strongest positive win rate potentials of this GHB already. Uh, so positive win rate potential is we look at five games and we look at which armies are most likely to get a positive win rate, which is a 3-2 or better. Um, the highest we ever had was Gargants with an 80% positive win rate potential. I think Soulblight Gravelords, while not pushing that, they're definitely going to be really high. Highest I've seen in a long time, so uh, that's great. If you get the chance to go to Sweden, please do go to the Straight Edge Wargaming uh, events. Just super lovely person. Our next event takes us to Spain for the GT Deo S de Dichiche de Garan. I've definitely got that wrong. Uh, anyway, we had 16 players playing in Spain. Uh, which is cool, and it was organized by Mina LM. Now, our winner was Jesus de la Pena Fernandez. Shout out to him. And he was running OCR Bone Reapers in No Myriad. He had Arkan the Black, Catacross, and the Mortars and Bowshaber with Diversionary Tactics, which is no deep strikes within a certain range, which is really good. And then the Artisan's Key, again, for the heal. Uh, then three units of Death Riders, so three units of five Cavalry Death Riders, and then unit of six in Mortis Guard. Um, and then the Suffocating Gravetide and the spell, which I think is a hot pick in this GHB, obviously because it's so good into units with lots of bodies in. So I'll break Gravelord's feature, normally with lots of bodies in their units. Uh, this does Mortal Wounds to all of them. I like Suffocating Gravetide. I think it's really strong. Okay, so this is pretty much like all the Osar Bone Reapers list that we've talked about. Uh, Arcan, Catacross. Catacross giving everyone plus one save. Uh, don't forget, Catacross in No Myriad doesn't benefit from the No Myriad sub-faction because he's keyword locked somewhere else, so he doesn't get that spell ignore. Um, Arcan, uh, obviously, he's going to do healing, does great casting as well. Bone Shape is going to do healing. So you can return several models into these Death Rider units. Uh, like, you can return, like, uh, what is it, three? Uh, into each Death Rider unit for a total of nine because of Cat Across the Bone Shaper and Arcan. And of course, if you wanted to, the Immortus Guard, which is a unit of six, as we've talked about previously, you could return up to four, but it does require you to roll loads of dice to do it. And they're just 30 wounds on a two up, five up, which is super good. Um, yeah, just, just really, really good. So super strong. So that is our 5-0 from Spain. Our 4-1 is Daniel Amador, and he was also running Osiarch Bone Reapers. So he, this time, though, he was running Mortis Praetorian, so it's not the Spell Ignore. It's actually charging your opponent's turn. 
and he doesn't have Arkin in his list. So he's got Arch Cavalos Xantos, Catagross and, Bo and Mortars and Bone Shaper. Then he's got a unit um, of Death Riders, a unit of Mortec Guard, and then he has two units of six. Uh, sorry, a unit of Mortec Guard, a unit of Cavalos Death Riders, and then two units of six in Mortis Guard. So not quite as much healing in this list, obviously, because Arkan isn't there to do the additional healing, but the Catacross and the Bone Shaper can still do a lot of healing into the Immortus Guard, but not as much, obviously. Uh, but they're going to be a very aggressive frontage and also can charge in your opponent's turn, which is also really good. The Immortus Guard are just the best unit in that book, uh, by and large. And then it's all about the units that you stick around it. And I'm sure OCR Bone Reapers players will have a good conversation about uh, why, uh, like, which ones are better and which loadouts make it slightly more efficient. Death Riders also feature very heavily. Uh, in these lists and I think it's just because they're just so mobile they're so fast and every OCR Bone Reapers player swears by them which is great so I hope everyone had a lovely time in Spain our next event takes us back to merry old England and this is the Fields of Slaughter event now this event was organized by Calvin Smith in the chat let's go organized near Birmingham uh, quite near the Dolphin Fish and Chip Bar which is a great a great fish and chippy if you've not had it curry sauce is only a pound 20 which is a bargain uh, really is so we had uh, 14 players playing at this event and uh, our winning list our winning list and I'm willing to say now that they might be a problem is Michael McLean running Soul Black Grave Lords Legion of Blood he had and it's very traditional at this point Vampire and Zombie Dragon with Doom Minions and Cloak of Mist and Shadows Neferata in that list as well which means there are ten blood knights which you can see there and then it's just a hundred it's a hundred wounds of dead walker zombies in the middle nice and simple battle reg i've said this before if you can go low drops be low drops uh you can control the game state much better in this ghb especially as you go in second lot the battle plans are a bonus for that absolutely wicked job on his part he should be really chuffed with himself uh and then uh our second place stephen burfitt an absolute thunderously uh sexy piece of man meat if you don't know that uh so shout out to stephen um, and he was running Osart Bone Reapers, Mortis Praetorians. So he had Catacross and Mortis and Bone Shaper again with the Artisan's Key. But this time he had Dark Acolyte instead, meaning first cast spell, uh, first spell he casts can't be unbound. Mortis and Ost Effective for that plus one to Wound Aura. The Gothasar Cartouche only can be taken on a Mortis and Ost Effector. Uh, so which is the new mini from Games Workshop. Plus one to Wound Aura, obviously incredible in a melee army. One unit of Death Riders, a unit of three Stalkers, a unit of six Immortus Guard, again, and then two units of Morgast Archai. Now, a lot of people swearing by these at the moment. The ability to turn off command abilities feels like you could just put Geminids in your list and just get the same job, but they're also fast, so they're able to, and they also can fly. So you've got ability to create like a pretty solid front line thanks to uh, the Immortus Guard, and then you're able to fly these units over the top and then charge units in the flank, the rear, or get units in the back that they're not really necessarily expecting to be charged because of that movement, which feels really positive. Anyway, if you get the chance to go and visit uh, Calvin and the guys uh, over in Birmingham, please do do so, uh, and I hope everyone had a lovely time. Our next and last event of this weekend is the Slaughter and Sun GT with 12 players playing across England. Uh, this was organized by the Hulls Angels Wargaming Club. There you can see... Uh, their, their venue. They've got this lovely top floor. You can go check it out. Um, 12 players playing. We ended up we only ended up with one 4-1 uh, at this event. Uh, or one, no, one, sorry, it was four and a draw. This is Daniel Bean with his OCR Bone Reapers Nor Myriad. 
Mortis and Bone Shaper, Oss Effector. This is in Null Myriad. This is one of the Yorkshire Fisters. Uh, an Ark in the Black. And he's got six Necropolis Stalkers. So if we're going offense over defense, then two units of Morgus Archai, and then a unit of six in Mortis Guard. So just featuring so heavily, and then a Nightmare Predator uh, in that list as well. So congratulations to him. And I hope, uh, hello, Etmum in the chat. Uh, and uh, yeah, and congratulations to everyone at that event. I hope they had a nice time. Okay. Let's get some final thoughts going on from this this series of events. This is our biggest. Uh, this is the biggest event of. Okay, so let's talk about like how we feel about it all. Right. Okay. OBR featured incredibly heavily. Sawblade Gravelords featured incredibly heavily. Do we think that they're a problem? I'm not sure. I think they might be a little bit overcooked in some cases but i don't think that they're aggressively too good i just think they're very strong it does mean that we're also in a combat meta as well soul blight grave lords inherently a combat army and then uh, uh same with ocr bone reapers also a heavy combat army they've got great armor saves uh they've either got great armor saves or they're good at wound tanking as well which i think is quite interesting uh, in many cases uh, i did obviously in this video talk about how Seraphon are really strong and I do think we're still seeing Seraphon build up to the power that it's going to hit at in the future now obviously if I'm wrong I'm not trying to push an agenda um, and I, I do need to recognize that there are just so many Soulblight Gravelords lists doing so well at all these different events loads of armies just not even remotely featuring uh, in these events as well but the big news Cruel Boys, Big War uh nighthorn all kind of like featuring especially at some big events now the nighthorn list was played by someone uh who's incredibly good the big wild list uh, also going 5-0 was in a very very tough meta over in norway then the uh all of the cruel boys list going 4-1 is a big shout especially as our big wild list also featured gobsprack so that's four gobspracks uh, across this meta which i think is super interesting so there's also loads to break down from that as well so I don't know right now how I'm feeling about it all. Like, one of the other things that we should really mention is that this might be some people's first tournament experience of the new GHB. There's loads to think about. Primal Dice, uh, the new battle plans, learning how to play them well. We're still very early in this GHB. So while I agree some of the armies are featuring a lot, and that does mean that their positive win rate potential, so how likely they are to go 3-2 or better, is going to be much higher. And their win rate is probably going to be higher as well. I would just always caution a little bit at the moment on exactly what the meta looks like but you know standout units immortis guard you know that vampire lord on zombie dragon in uh in um in soul black grave lords all of the zombies probably could be looked at a little bit in the future in a balance update especially as they might just be depressing uh the other win rates for the other armies as well which i think is uh, interesting um uh, yeah, so lots to think about. And I'd like to know what you all think as well. So uh, I've been talking with the chat about this uh, for today and, and Monday. And I'd like to know what you think. And if you listen to this as a podcast or watching this back on YouTube, I learn better from... I always read all of the comments. So I'd like to know what you think, how you feel about it. Let me know. That's how I can learn. If you like what I do, please help support the show by joining Patreon. And thanks very much for tuning in. See you soon.